Hi, welcome to another inspirational message by Pastor Alex Papas, Senior Pastor at Oceans Unite Christian Center. Well, good evening, everybody. Great to see you this evening on a Saturday night here at Oceans. Amen. It's good to be in the house of the Lord. Amen. Don't you want to just get closer to Jesus? Don't you want to just draw nearer to Him? I don't know about you, but that's my heart's desire. You know, when Paul spoke to the church several times and spoke about how he desired that they would come to the knowledge of God, draw closer to Him, know Him more. That's my desire just to know him more because we think we know him but we know we know not (laughs) because there's so much more to know he is almighty God that means there is no one more mighty than him he's not just mighty he's almighty he's all powerful There is no power, there is no love that can compare to his love. There is no power that can compare to his power. Nothing is impossible for him. I'm going to say that again. Nothing is impossible for him. Nothing is impossible. Amen. Amen. I don't know about you, but I just feel like whatever the Lord wants to do. (laughs) Amen. um, Tomorrow we're going to be continuing our series on Revelation. I'm really excited. I thought that... I thought that I would be able to do two churches tomorrow, but that's just not going to happen. So we'll do the first one tomorrow, and I'm so excited because it's so powerful. God's Word is so powerful. Be careful if you read the same thing over again, you might find something new. So if you read the book of 1 John today, and you read it next week again, you might find something new. Oh, well, you know, there's nothing new under the sun. That's right. It's just that you hadn't discovered what was already there. It was already there. I wish we could understand what God has done by sending his son to die on the cross for us. I wish we could grasp the fullness of what he had truly done because if we did understand it, we would not be able to do or be anything but so on fire for him. If we fully grasped the power of the cross and what Jesus has done by dying on the cross and rising again. I was listening to a conversation where a person we know is dealing with a family member that doesn't believe that Jesus is the Messiah. And one comment that was made was, you know, there's other gods or other false religions or whatever you want to call them, demons, whatever you want to call them, but none of them have raised from the dead. Only Jesus rose from the dead. 
And if you want to get theological and technical, there's so much historical evidence that all those that have gone on a journey to try and bring it to no reputation or to you basically try and, 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 and dis, you know, dishonor it or, or, or what is that? Debunk it. There's a good word. Just couldn't find the word, guys. They, they end up, most of them end up getting saved because the evidence is overwhelming. The actual evidence is overwhelming. But beyond the evidence, it's what he does on the inside of us that is more undeniable than anything. What he does in our hearts, what he does on the inside of us when we truly begin to have faith and truly begin to believe and seek him and go after him, when we truly begin to do that, the thing that takes place on the inside of us is completely undeniable. I remember Kim Clement used to say, who is this living inside me? Who is this breathing and living and having his way on the inside of me? Who can deny it? Who can deny that, that God is living on the inside of us? His Holy Spirit has come and dwells on the inside of us and now we can never be the same again. We can never be the same again. And if you've never experienced that, you've never encountered him before. I spoke to somebody this week that said to me, they've been saved for so long, but they're not sure that they were saved. They believed, but they'd never really, they never really knew Jesus. But now they know him. Now they know him. And he is alive. There's only one book that is alive, and that's His Word. His Word is alive. It's like alive. I remember when I was a child, I read The NeverEnding Story. Have you ever watched The NeverEnding Story? And I thought to myself, that's so cool, that book is alive. Not realizing that the only book with, that really is alive is the Bible. And Hollywood tries to reproduce what God has already done and cannot compare to what God has done. All right. I'm not doing anything, it's just the wind in my mic. <laughs> it's the wind. No, it's really just the wind. <laughs> I would love to say that, that was true, but it's not. So, Let's go to Isaiah 53, verse number one. Isaiah 53, verse number one. This is Isaiah prophesying about the Messiah. He says, who has believed our report? And to whom has the arm of the Lord been revealed? For he shall grow up before him as a tender plant, as a root out of dry ground. He has no form or comeliness, and when, he, and when we see him, there is no beauty that we should desire him. He is despised and rejected by men, a man of sorrows and acquainted with grief, and we hid as it, was, as it were our faces from him. He was despised and we did not esteem him. This evening, I want to talk to you about rejection. 
And I want to show you from Scripture that it was prophesied that Jesus would be rejected. And the word rejected in the Hebrew is a powerful word because what it really means, what rejection means in the Hebrew is it means to be forsaken. It means to be abandoned. It means to be refused, or you could say to be rejected. But that's the definition, abandonment, refused by people, refused, rejected, or forsaken. And we know that Jesus came and was rejected. He was abandoned, refused, and forsaken. All of those things, we know that he was. Can you all say amen? He was rejected by so many. And, and the reason why I'm telling you this is because, you see, everything that happened to him, there is an exchange that takes place for you and I. In other words, because he was rejected, there's an exchange that takes place at the cross where he will take our rejection away from us. It's a very powerful thing. You see, rejection is something that many people will experience at some point in their life. In fact, I would go as far as to say that probably every person in this room at some point has been rejected. But that rejection can go very, very deep. It can be abandonment. You can be forsaken. You can be left out. You can be refused in some or other way. In many different ways, that can happen to you. But in Scripture, we see that there are many, many people that God will use very powerfully even though they were rejected by men. That should be encouraging for some of you. So let's take a look at one personality in Scripture that God used so powerfully. And I wanna show you how often he was rejected. And we all know, we'll see, well, you'll see how much God actually ends up using this character. But if we go to 1 Samuel 16, verse number one, let's go there. Watch this now. Now the Lord said to Samuel, how long will you mourn for Saul, seeing I've rejected him from reigning over Israel? Fill your horn with oil and go. I'm sending you to Jesse, the Bethlehemite. For I have provided myself a king among his sons. And Samuel said, how can I go? If Saul hears it, he will kill me. But the Lord said, take a heifer with you and say, I have come to sacrifice to the Lord. Then invite Jesse to the sacrifice and I will show you what you should do. You shall anoint for me the one I name to you. And so Samuel did what the Lord said and went to Bethlehem. And the elders of the town trembled as at his coming and said, do you come peaceably? That's when you know he's a real prophet. <laughs> and he said, peaceably I have come to sacrifice to the Lord. Sanctify yourselves and come with me to the sacrifice. Then he consecrated Jesse and his sons and invited them to the sacrifice. And so it was when they came that he looked at Eliab and said, surely the Lord's anointed is before me. But the Lord said to Samuel, do not look at his appearance or at his physical stature because I have refused him. And for the Lord does not see as man sees, for man looks at the outward appearance, but the Lord looks at the heart. And so Jesse called Abinadab and, and made him pass before Samuel, and he said, neither has the Lord chosen this one. 
Then Jesse made Shema pass by and said, neither has the Lord chosen this one. Thus Jesse made seven of his sons pass before Samuel. And Samuel said to Jesse, the Lord has not chosen these. And Samuel said to Jesse, are all the young men here? Let's stop for a moment. Samuel has invited the family of the house of Jesse to go with the Lord, to go and, 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 and have this meal with, with the prophet and invited all the sons. But one son was left out. One son was rejected. He was not chosen to come. In other words, all the sons passed by the prophet and the one son isn't even at the dinner. So the prophet goes as far as to say, listen, you say they've all passed me by, but is this all of them? Because the Lord hasn't chosen any of them. There must still be one that isn't here. And so he says, he says in verse Number 11, and Samuel said to Jesse, are all the young men here? Then he said, there remains yet the youngest, and there he is keeping the sheep. In other words, he wasn't invited to the dinner. And Samuel said to Jesse, send and bring him, for we will not sit down till he comes here. So he sent and brought him in. Now he is ruddy and bright eyes and good looking, and the Lord said, arise, anoint him, for this is the one. Then Samuel took the horn of oil and anointed him in the midst of his brothers. And the Spirit of the Lord came upon David from that day forward. So Samuel arose and went to Ramah. Now, when we read these kind of stories, oftentimes I think we miss so much of what God wants us to see. The first thing I want you to see is that he was not included. Have you ever read the story of Cinderella? David's like the, the sister that nobody liked and didn't want to come to the party. David was the one who was left out. In fact, it was if you read the story and you read between the lines, it's almost as though, well, it has to be one of these because, you know, they're all here. But then he said, but there must be one more. He says, yeah, but that's the one looking after the sheep. You don't want him. You don't want that one. David, David was the rejected one, but the Lord chose him to do his work. If you study the life of David, David was rejected so many times. Not too long after this, the Philistines are fighting against the, the Israelites. And they're fighting this battle and there's this giant called Goliath. As we all know the story. And Goliath would come before the children of Israel and basically mock them and say, is there no one that will challenge me? So David goes up to see his brothers, and when he gets there, he sees this Philistine, and you must remember the Spirit of the Lord was upon him, because the Bible says that from that day forward, the Spirit of the Lord was upon David, and when he gets there and sees this, he doesn't understand what's going on. So he thinks, listen, we need to take this Philistine on. Then his brother, let's go to 1 Samuel 17, 28. Now Eliab, his oldest brother, heard when he spoke to the men. And Eliab's anger was aroused against David and said, why did you come down here? And with whom have you left those few sheep in the wilderness? You see here again, we see Eliab saying, listen, David, what are you doing here? You're not supposed to be here. All you are is a little shepherd boy. Go back to your sheep. You don't belong here. 
This is for the warriors. This is for the mighty men. Here we are. David, what are you doing here? Go back to your sheep. Once again, we see how David is rejected by his brothers. First, he's rejected in the sight of his father. Then he's rejected shortly after the Lord has anointed him. We all think it's so great. Listen, God can anoint you, but you can still get rejected. Things can look really good. You can be anointed as king, think everything's going well, but suddenly you get rejected again. And this time he gets rejected by his brother. And he goes as far as to say, I know your pride, the insolence of your heart. It's funny how God says, I do not see as man does, I look at the heart. His brother says, oh, I can see your heart because his brother doesn't know what's on the inside of him. And you must remember something about God. God doesn't live in time. I'm just gonna say that, that's all, nothing else. You'll have to figure the rest out for yourself. First Samuel 17, verse 32. Then David said to Saul, let no man's heart fail because of him. Your servant will go and fight the Philistine. And Saul said to David, you are not able to go against this Philistines. Even Saul said to David, listen, you can't do it. And almost tried to reject him, but we all know that David went. Saul also later on, as David begins to get lifted up, as God begins to lift him up, and as people begin to recognize the call on David's life, what begins to happen is even Saul begins to reject him to the point where Saul wants to kill him and David's running from Saul. So he's rejected by his father. He's rejected by his brothers. He's rejected by his king, by his employer. How many of you have been rejected by your employer? If you don't know, David was rejected by so many. So much of his story, we see David get rejected. Saul actually even tried to kill him. There's another story, I'll read it real quick for you, where David's own men, the rejects, the ones that David found in the cave, those that he ended up doing war with, even they turned against him. First Samuel 30, verse number one. Most of you know the story, but let's just read it. Now it happened when David and his men came to Ziklag on the third day that the Amalekites had invaded the south and Ziklag, attacked Ziklag and burned it with fire and had taken captive the woman and those who were there. From small to great, they did not kill anyone, but carried them away and went their way. So David and his men came to the city, and there it was, burned with fire, and their wives, their sons, and their daughters had been taken captive. Then David and the people who were with him lifted up their voices and wept until they had no more power to weep. It's already very bad. And David's two wives, we're not going to read about them, and the widow of Nabal, (laughs) <laughs> the Camerlite had been taken captive. Now David was greatly distressed. Why? For the people spoke of stoning him. His own people turned against him, blamed him for what was going on. How many times have you ever been rejected or blamed for something that really wasn't your fault? But David carried on going. David carried on going. We all know the story that David was, the Ark of the Covenant was being brought into Jerusalem. 
The first time it came, we know that Obed-Edom touched the ark and he died. Then the second time, finally, they get the ark and they begin to bring it into Jerusalem. David gets so excited that it's just managing to go and nobody's dying that he jumps in front of the ark and he starts to dance. He got so excited that a lot of his clothing came off. And while he was doing it, his wife rejects him. Watch this, 2 Samuel 6, 16. Now as the ark of the Lord came into the city of David, Michal, Saul's daughter, looked through a window and saw King David leaping and whirling before the Lord, and she despised him in her heart. She actually despised him in her heart. I want you to understand, we read the story of David, and we always see the victories. We always, if you know anything about the children of Israel, you will know that they see him as a type of Messiah. After the coming Messiah, he is the greatest. There is no one greater than him. But I want you to see something that David was rejected, not once, not twice, not three times, not four times, but time and time again. And if I really had to get into it, I could give you one story after another story. Even his best friends, things didn't end up as well as he'd hoped they would with even his best friend. The fact of the matter is, is that in your life, you may have to suffer rejection. In your life, you may have to be abandoned. You may have to be forsaken. You might not Go through things when, listen, David gets anointed. How many of you have thought, well, now I'm in the church. I'm anointed. I've got a call of God. Everything's just going to go smooth from here. And then you get rejected again. Then the people that serve around you, the people that you love, they're the ones who reject you. Your family rejects you. Your wife rejects you. Your husband rejects you. But David kept on going. If the story of Ziklag, we know that the Bible says that David turned his heart to the Lord. He began to seek the Lord. That was his secret. And the fact is, is that David goes on to be the greatest king in the Old Testament days. But he was rejected. He was rejected. Many people suffer rejection. And they don't know how to break free from their rejection. Well, the reason why I shared with you out of the book of Isaiah is because I want you to know that Jesus also was rejected, but he was rejected so that his rejection could be exchanged for your rejection. Because let me ask you a question. Bad things happen to people, and sometimes it's very hard to break with those things. How many of you have ever felt like you're forgiven, but you just somehow feel like it's just, you just, it's not that easy? Your heart, you just can't quite get your heart right. Well, I want you to know there's an exchange for your rejection, for your abandonment, for your hurt that has taken place on the cross. In other words, God says, listen, I will take that from you because I've paid for that at the cross. So you don't have to be rejected. Your abandonment, your rejection, your shame, whatever it is that you've experienced, that you're still carrying, he takes it away because he was punished for it for no reason. So there's an exchange. Are you with me? In other words, you don't have to carry it anymore. It's no longer your portion. Remember, Isaiah 53, verse number three. He is despised and rejected by men. That was what happened to him. He was rejected, so you don't have to carry that rejection. Amen. Amen. 
But I've, I've, I've been in ministry a long time. Not a long time, but for quite some time. And I've seen how people will, will, will even get prayed for, for rejection or for hurt or for bitterness or something like that. And they, it's like they just can't let it go. Well, you know, the story of David is so powerful because in the story of David, we see God say something so remarkable. He says that I do not see as man does. He says, I look at the heart. Now, if there's one thing I've learned over the years of being in ministry, is one of the most dangerous things that exists in your innermost parts is your heart. Because it is desperately wicked, the Bible says, and deceitful above all things. In other words, you might think your heart is good, but it's not. Your heart can deceive you. And so we sit in this dilemma. Lord, my heart, my heart's not always good. And yes, I, I asked you to forgive. And I even say, I've forgiven that person who abandoned me, that person who rejected me. Lord, I'm, I'm giving it to you, but my heart still, something's wrong in my heart. How many of you in this room can say that you've been in a place like that at some point in your walk with God? But God says that he looks at the heart. He chooses David. If you look at David, I mean, I've preached so many times about why I believe that David was a man after God's heart. And I believe that there's many reasons possibly why. I think I'm a lot like David, you know. <laughs> My heart's just, yeah, anyway, all right. But there's something that I've learned. And this is the message tonight. You see, there's a promise in Scripture. Listen to this now. You see, when we get saved, we get born again. How many of you know we are a new creation? How many of you believe God's word is true? Well, listen to what the scripture says. In Ezekiel 36 verse 25, it says, Then I will sprinkle clean water on you, and you shall be clean. I will cleanse you from all your filthiness and from all your idols. How many of you believe that that is true? And that this applies to us too. Can you say amen? That God will cleanse us. Take the scripture off the screen, please, just for a minute. God will cleanse us. He will make us whole. Our past is in the past. How many of you believe that? That the enemy can't come and accuse you anymore. There are things that have happened to you in your life. Some of them were so harsh, so hard, but, but your heart still struggles because you kind of like just, there's almost like muscle memory in your heart somehow. You just kind of get drawn back to that thing that keeps on taking you back, taking you down. But just the first part of the scripture, he says he'll sprinkle clean water on you. Listen, not only do we have clean water that's been sprinkled on us, but we have the blood of Jesus that has been cleansed, that has washed over us and cleansed us. Listen, and will take all our filthiness away. All our filthiness. All the things from the past will be removed. But look at the next verse, verse 26. Watch this now. He says, and I will give you a new heart. I will give you, listen to me, I will give you a new heart. Listen, there are people in this room. You may have been struggling for a long time because you just feel that your heart just can't get right. There's issues that are in your heart. There are things in your heart. Well, I've come to tell you today that Jesus is not just giving you a new creation. You are not just a new creation, not just saved, 
but He has come to give you a new heart. He's going to take that old broken heart and give you a new one. He's going to give you a new one. You have been born again. The past has been removed from you. That broken heart, that heart that's maybe not so good, I want to let you know that if you surrender your life completely to Him, He'll take that heart and give you a new one. Come on, somebody give the Lord a shout. He'll give you a new heart. Yes, you are born again. You see, what we don't understand is when we're born again, all things are made new. Not only will He give you a new spirit. Look at what it says. Put it up there. I will give you a new heart. I will put a new spirit within you. I will take the heart of stone out of your flesh and give you a heart of flesh. You see, God is a supernatural God. He can take that heart of stone, that heart of pain that you're carrying on the inside of you, and by His supernatural hand, He can give you a brand new heart. I prophesy to you this evening in this place that there are people in this place, the enemy has held you back for far too long because you have felt that your heart is still hard. Well, I'm here to tell you tonight that not only have you been born again, not only has He given you a new spirit, but he's put a new heart on the inside of you. That thing that was holding you back, you can let it go. You can let it go tonight because he's giving you a new heart. Well, Pastor Alex, my heart is broken. Well, he came to give you a new heart. He's giving you a new heart. Let it go tonight. Let go of your past. Let go of your pain. Let him give you a new heart. Let him give you a new heart. Let him give you a new heart. Come on, somebody. Come on, somebody. Take it tonight. Take it tonight. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. There's an exchange. There's an exchange. Your old things have been removed and he's given you new, a new man, a new spirit, a new heart. What happens to us is God's given us new, but we hold on to the old. But it's not there anymore. But the enemy comes like a thief in the night and wants to rob you of what's new and say that it's old. But how many of you believe his word is true? So if you really believe, you see, now there lies the key. If you really believe, then you have a new heart. You can let it go. You can let it go. You can let it go. You. Amen. Amen. Because he's going to give you a new heart. Come on, let's raise our hands. We hope you enjoyed today's teaching. For more teaching like this and other material, please visit our website at www.oceansunite.com.